Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench. This very wet Saturday coming up, we talk everything Cork Premier Senior Hurling Championship. Cantark boss Donald Dwan gives his thoughts ahead of their game with Newtown Shandrum this evening. And Sarsfield manager Barry Myers and his Blackrock counterpart look ahead to the big clash in Porky Rin this evening. Uh, Louis Mulqueen, of course, the Blackrock manager. We have a huge preview of tomorrow's All-Ireland Under-16A Camogie final between Cork and Tipperary. Manager Donny Daly and Captain Keely Goulding joined us. Uh, plus, a huge preview of tomorrow's derby in the FA Cup between Cove Ramblers and Cork City. That and loads more coming up before seven. Alright, you are listening to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. Aidan Leahy here with you all the ways through till seven o'clock. And as I said, the weather not great and uh, as as great as the two games are in Porky Rain, I wouldn't fancy being there under this rain, but uh, it's uh, it's certainly a cracker between uh, Glen Rovers and Aaron's own Aaron's own have taken the lead 112 to 14 points 48 minutes gone there I believe Robbie O'Flynn got the goal for Aaron's own and uh, we'll be keeping an eye on that and more in the Premier Senior Harling Championship throughout this show first of all <clears throat> excuse me let's jump into the football uh, the Community Shield of course on today uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold has given Liverpool the lead in that uh, it's just about to get back underway for the second half uh, the right back's deflected strike made it Man City nil Liverpool won at half time new signing Erling Haaland started up front for City and has misfired uh, so far while Jurgen Klopp's big money man Darwin Nunes is on the bench and it's on the King Power Stadium for some reason, which I did not realise until about an hour ago. So I just I just assumed it was on the Wembley. But of course, the Women's Euros final is on there tomorrow. So um, that's, that's obviously why it's on the King Power. Uh, FAI Cup action also still going as well. And of course, a big, a big one tomorrow. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to get a drink of water here. Or I'm not going to be able to, <laughs> to continue. Uh, of course, a big one tomorrow. Uh, Cork City versus Cove Ramblers. Uh, but today it was Derry City as they uh, they look set to book their spot in the next round of the FAI Cup the Candy Stripes lead non-league Oliver Bond FC 4-0 at half time in their first round clash and there's an, an all non-league clash of Lucan United and Colester Donny Carney at half 6 <clears throat> apologies Ronan Sires uh, has given Cardiff the win at home to Norwich in the championship this evening that was one of eight games in the English second flight Cork's Chiodosiog Benny gave Rotherham the lead at home to Swansea but the visitors equalised and it finished one all there but good to see Chio get a good start to the season uh, elsewhere it was Millwall 2 Stoke 0 Blackburn 1 QPR 0 Hull 2 Bristol City 1 and Blackpool beat Reading by a goal to 0 it ended scoreless between Luton and Birmingham and between Wigan and Preston Middlesbrough who are uh, one of the favourites to win promotion they've began their campaign at home to West Brom that's underway since um, half past five and it is 1-0 to Middlesbrough Isaiah Jones with the goal Uh, Rangers were made to fight hard for their victory on the opening day of the Scottish Premiership season they came from behind to beat Livingston 2-1 Hibbs scored late on to win 1-0 at St Johnston uh, who played the last half an hour with 10 men Hearts held on to beat Ross County 2-1 while they finished 1-all between Kilmarnock and Dundee United as far as I know Celtic played tomorrow uh, finally in Formula 1 George Russell uh, put his Mercedes on pole uh, it's his first ever pole uh, in his career and uh, at the Hungarian Grand Prix uh, Ferrari's Carlos Sainz qualified second Leclerc third uh, Max Verstappen's Red Bull uh, misfired in the final lap couldn't get anything out of it and I think he's P10 to start tomorrow uh, in golf uh, the Live Tour could be coming to Ireland in 2024 
as if we need any more controversial stuff. But anyway, the Irish Independent reports that Donald Trump's course in Doombeg, County Clare, where else would it be, is being lined up to host a 54-hole tournament. Live Golf frontman Greg Norman designed the course at Trump International Golf Links and Hotel in 2002. The Saudi-backed Tours season-ending event will take place at Trump National Doral in Miami in October. Um, in racing, it's the penultimate day of the Galway Festival and Rachel Blackmore has taken the feature race, the Boyle Sports Handicap Hurdle, the Tipperary Native one on board the Shark Hannon trained hallowed star the price of 8 to 1 what a week for Shark Hannon by the way uh, winning uh, the, the plate as well of course uh, with uh, Hewitt uh, 16 to 1 shot Happy Jackie was second while Maris Harper was third for Gordon Earliest meanwhile the latest uh, the McDonough Capital Investments handicap was won by the 81 Aquam for Ian Williams and Shamie Heffernan now it's pretty much GA all the ways until the end till we get into a preview for the uh, big derby tomorrow in the cup between Cove Ramblers and Cork City and uh, there's a lot of news in GA generally uh, Tommaso Shea is not expected to be the new Offaly senior football manager the Mirror has reported today that the Kerry legend has pulled out of the running to succeed John Mohan following a change in work circumstances the five time All-Ireland's winner had been part of Mohan's backroom team last season and was in line to take over for next season and it was pretty much accepted he would be taking over only for that I suppose change in circumstances now uh, and this is a big one and a controversial one but maybe a bit more being made out of it than, than what there really is uh, Galway star footballer Shane Walsh of course an unbelievable performance uh, for Galway against Kerry wasn't enough thanks be to God uh, is set to move his club allegiances to Dublin ahead of the club championships I think the fact maybe it's happening for this season might be the reason that it's it's uh, causing a bit of uproar maybe if it was actually for next season might be different but the Irish Independent are reporting the All-Ireland finalist is seeking a transfer from his home club of Kilcairn Clan Burn to Capital Kingpin's Kilmacud Croaks. The forward is studying to become a PE teacher in Dublin and is set to make the switch before the Dublin Senior Championship gets underway next weekend. Uh, Kilcairn chairman Ian Hines says they are devastated by the news and the club will fight it all the way. Now, yeah, I've, I don't know anyone who's actually changed clubs because they're they're playing, uh, they're going to college. Um that's uh, that's a new one for me now. Like I mean, we had a player in 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 Kerry years ago, Darrell O'Connell, who ended up playing for the Dublin Senior Hurlers and won two All Irelands with Kula, but he moved up there to work. It's a lot of different circumstances, and obviously that devastated our club as well. But you know, you can't really do anything to fight this. Like if they have to move, they have to move. This is the way the world is. But I think the fact might be look. I think the fact is Dublin and his Kilmacud Croaks. The fact that it's so fresh from the the performance in the All Ireland final. And the fact that it's not actually work, it's studies. And I've never really seen a player move for studies before. But look, it's, that's just the way the world is. Um, which I don't, I don't know if they're... It's, it's going to be tough to turn that down. Because at the end of the day, if they turn him down and he ends up playing with the club again, it's going to be fairly awkward. But uh, either way, it's not a great situation. Right, let's get into uh, all things Cork Premier Senior Hurling Championship. The action, of course, continuing today. Um, and uh, let's see where we are. In Parky Rain, it's Aaron Zone 115, Glen Rovers 14 points with two minutes of normal time to go there. And of course, that's part of a double header with Sarsfields and Black Rock at seven in Group C. Also at seven, Kentark face Newton Chandram in Group A in Charleville. And we'll hear from the Sarsfields, Black Rock and Kentark camp in a few moments' time. Tomorrow in the uh, in the championship, Napiershig play Bishopstown at Parky Rain at two. Um, that's the only fixture uh, that's the last fixture of the weekend 
in the Senior A Championship it's uh, full time in all the games there for Moy defeated Klein 317 to 19 points it finished in the win for Noosestown 224 to 316 against Mallow and uh, Ballyhay defeated Belly Marshall 122 to 12 points and we've three games tomorrow in the Senior A Championship for the O'Neills play Blarney Killa face Corsi Rovers of course the Premier Intermediate Hurling champi- Champions of last year and Carrick Two will play Bride Rovers all at 2pm there now as we said Cantork face Newtown Shandrumin Group A uh, in Charleville at 7 o'clock here is Cantork boss Donald Wan Alright I'm joined on the line by Cantork manager Donna Dwan uh, Donna thanks a million for joining us on the Big Red Bench No problem at all I suppose uh, it's it's always exciting uh, leading into Championship but when it's Premier Senior Hurling for Cantork it must be even more so Yeah obviously look that's a very special occasion for us in Cantork um, we were there a few years ago, but as a club, we kind of struggled to maintain a kind of a status at that level. You know, we, we were kind of lacking a bit of a squad and a bit of experience. But, you know, we've worked on it in the background. Uh, we tried our best to get good coaches in. Frank Flannery has made a huge difference to the panel of players we have now. And look, it's a big test tonight. Uh, it's it's a real marker to where we are at the moment and we're looking forward to it. In terms of preparations uh, over the, the years so far and, and the league and, and everything like that, how has it gone for you? Uh, very good now in fairness um, thankfully you know we have a bit of strength and depth in our panel with some excellent young guys coming through you know we have a good blend of experience and young lads the league campaign was kind of a bit of a surprise to us because we had a few injuries but in fairness to the younger guys they, they responded brilliantly we were delighted with how the league campaign moved along uh, we're looking forward to league semi-final and that as well in a couple of weeks time against Douglas so yeah, look, it's 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 going the right direction. But again, we really don't know where we are until we get tested tonight in championship. I've asked uh, a lot of the guys about uh, the the split season, and it's been mentioned a lot over the last couple of weeks. And especially with with Kentork, uh, you know, a lot of clubs in Cork are dual clubs. Kentork, of course, one of them. How has it been for you? Uh, how do you think that's gone in terms of other years? Uh, here it's been the same really as other years you know we're we're very accustomed to the dual situation um it is what it is you know it's it's a huge credit to the players that they're able to you know maintain that dual status i think we've 13 footballers footballers have played last weekend they're probably lining out again tonight in the hurling so that's a huge credit to them but as a club look we've got accustomed to it we've got used to it we've kind of identified a very strong point in the dual situation that if you can kind of win at both grades and keep a momentum going it builds you know, it bounces off each other from hurling to football so like there's nothing you can really do about it it's a fantastic situation for players to be in short there's a great experience to be playing at high grades both hurling and football we don't see it as a negative we always see it as a positive and we work very well together as both management teams and momentum is a key word in that sense for Jewel and look they had an excellent win last weekend and hopefully we can use that come into the game this evening I suppose one of the, one of the main men for Kinturk over the last how many every years has been Aidan Walsh uh, it's great to see him playing Premier Senior Hurling Absolutely yeah. um, do you know he's he's been you know to the fore of our success over the last couple of years he's a fantastic attitude always training puts in huge efforts Um Great, you know, to have him around with young lads as well. He have a lot of cousins and brothers coming through as well, so they kind of work off his experience as well, and that's evident to see, you know, on the football last weekend. They, they're 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 a very tight unit, and that's all of us as, as a squad as whole is a very tight unit. But certainly with Aiden, we say look on, and a few more guys, John McLaughlin and Larkin O'Neill, you know, they've huge experience, and that's a great thing to have with such young guys coming through. 
But yeah, that experience is, is untold in squads like that and we certainly use it to our advantage. Newton Chandrum uh, up first. Uh, what, what sort of challenge do they represent? Oh, massive, massive. Uh, uh, funnily enough, you know, the last, uh, I think it was in 2018, our first game at Premier Senior Hurling, well, it was Senior Hurling at the time, was also against Newtown Chandram. And unfortunately, we came up short in the day. Newtown had far more experience, which they will have again tonight. You know, they're a massive club, massive hurling tradition down there. You know, we respect them. It's a very much a derby game. We would have followed them a lot ourselves you know, over the years through their success because they're only over the road, but they're all Ireland's and stuff. So, look, Huge admiration for the club. It's a huge test. And as I said earlier, it really it, it really is an indication where we're at and how we've come along and how we've built the squad over the last two or three seasons. And look, hopefully we can compete. Uh, I'm hoping to be a very tight affair. I think it'll be a very tense game because of being a derby game, but really looking forward to it. Look, these are the, these are the games you dream of when you're young for playing the Newtown Chandrums, the Douglas, the Middletons, who are all in our group. So it's fantastic for Kentork and we're really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's a, it's a really competitive group um, and Douglas pulling off a shock last night against Middleton, like it, it makes it even more interesting now. Absolutely, yeah. No, I, look, Douglas, they're a team that have, have been very dangerous over the last couple of seasons. You know, a lot of punters and people be keeping eye on them they have a fantastic squad was I really surprised not really maybe towards the end when they pulled away but Middleton obviously came back again you know Middleton a few injuries as well which they might be able to get back towards the end of the group stages but yeah fiercely competitive group but sure whatever way would you want it and that's exactly where we want to be exactly excellent stuff Donna the very best of luck and uh, I'm sure I'll be talking to you again down the line no bother Aidan thanks again take care yeah, Dunna Dwander, Can Turk boss, and uh, yeah, as I said there, well, probably wasn't it wasn't a massive shock, but it was a surprise, I suppose. It's always a surprise when you see the reigning champions uh, lose in the first game out in championship. But yeah, last night Douglas two twenty four, Middleton one twenty three, and uh, in the other game last night Saint Finbar's drawing with Charleville two nineteen to twenty five points. And uh, now let's get our attention back onto the games tonight, and let's try and bring you a score update the latest I have from Parky Rain is 116-15 points there in zone uh, and that uh, was the 59th minute um, and I haven't gotten a score update uh, since uh, but w- I will have one after this uh, this clip here from Barry Myers speaking ahead of the big one uh, 7 o'clock Parky Rain Sars versus the Rockies and here's Barry Myers alright Barry Myers joins me on the line ahead of the start of this year's Premier Senior Hurling Championship Barry I suppose exciting times as always uh, at the start of the championship really looking forward to the, to the championship uh, this year I suppose most teams are back in February um, training were well, last year and the year before people weren't back in the field till nearly June so it's been a long run in out of the championship, so the players are uh, really itching to get out and uh, to field and sample championship hurling again, you know. Exactly, yeah, I suppose. How did uh, how did the Red FM Hurling League uh, go for Sarsfields? Uh, were you happy with preparations coming into the championship? Well, we we were unbeaten. We drew with the Bows in the first match and we won the rest. Some of them, um, the matches weren't very competitive, unfortunately. But well, we had some some very good games and we had a lot of excellent challenge matches up and down the, con- uh, the country um, uh, getting us ready for this big challenge against BlackRock. Um, I suppose a lot has been made out of the, the split season and uh, there's a lot of talk in the last couple of weeks since the inter-county season has ended. For you as a club uh, manager, how has it gone for you so far this year? Yeah, look, we're very happy with preparations. Um, we're just down one of our best players, um, Craig Lee, he had an unfortunate accident there where uh, he fractured his leg, so he won't be available to us 
Craig is a leader on the, uh, on the team for a long number of years uh, in the dressing room. He has four county medals won. And to be honest about it, if Sales were um, to if Sales were asked to walk in the opening ceremony of the Olympics, Craig Lee, he would be the man carrying the flag because he sets the standards for everyone. He's the fittest player we have. He's in the best shape. He's the best in the gym and he's the best trainer we have. And uh, he's been a very good captain for Sales in previous years. So there's no doubt he's a loss, but everyone else is available to us and uh, we're very happy with the depth in the squad we have. And um, we didn't have that depth last year. I felt against the Glen when we lost the semi-final uh, we had a few injuries, but we have a much stronger panel this year and we intend to use that panel tomorrow to uh, hopefully get the win over Black Rock. Yeah, look, I suppose it's a, it's a heavyweight, uh, it's a heavyweight uh, tie, I suppose, first round of championship like Sarsfields and Black Rock. It, it doesn't get a, a whole lot bigger than that. No, it doesn't. And it's, it's a very tough group, uh, probably the toughest group in the draw um, for Black Rock and the Bells and Charleville they were all in the same group last year we've just replaced the Urban Zone from that group so it's an extremely tough group um, losing the first match puts teams under desperate pressure in a tough group so you know I think both teams will be going flat out uh, to get the win in the first match it, it won't guarantee a qualification but it, it does take a bit of pressure off going into the second match if you can get a win in the first game you know and uh, BlackRock themselves, I suppose, what do, you, what do you identify as the main threats coming up against them? Well, I'm, I'm always weary of a team that won the championship two years ago and didn't retain it. Because the great sales team from 08 to 15 won four counties, but they were never able to retain it. And looking in from the sidelines that time, I always felt when they didn't retain it, they came back the following year with an even stronger hunger. You know, and... Sales won it out again. So BlackRock are in that boat that um, this year, and I have a lot of colleagues, uh, work colleagues involved in BlackRock. And the one thing they say to me about the county they won was they won it during COVID with an empty stadium and restricted numbers back in Church Road, you know. And they really want to get back to winning the county, um, you know, in normal times, you know. And they, they definitely have the players and the experience to do that, you know. So it's a really tough challenge. Yeah, I suppose that's that's the great thing about a uh, club championship. Like as you say, there are colleagues like on opposite sides and everything. Like that's kind of the the special kind of feeling about championship. Oh yeah, great relationship between Sales and Blackrock. For a lot of players that I trained growing up, they lost three county finals to Blackrock underage, twelve to fail a county final in under sixteen. We came back and beat them in the earlier rounds at minor and under twenty one. So there's a great rivalry between that age group that would be the Paul Leopold age group now and um, you know mid-twenties so BlackRock had a lot of success at that age group and you know there's a great mix in their club of success and there's a great mix in our club of success you know we still have four or five fellas in the starting team that have four county medals in their back pocket and they're uh, instrumental to to us in trying to guide these younger lads uh, to get to get on and win their first county so Plenty of experience and talent on, on both uh, teams tomorrow night and it'll go right down to the wire. Right down to the wire. Absolutely, yeah. This is certainly going to be a great uh, great opening battle for, for the two years. Um, Barry, best luck with it and I'm sure we'll talk to you again throughout the championship. Thank you, Aidan. Thanks very much.
Yeah, Sarsfield's boss, uh, Barry Myers there, uh, speaking ahead of tonight's game. Uh, full-time Porky Rin and its defeat for Glen Rovers. Aaron Zone have claimed the points in the first game for their championships. Uh, Aaron Zone 116, Glen Rovers 15 points. And uh, already, like, the championship is just the group format is brilliant. Um, I think, anyway, it's the all the groups, there, there's going to be everything to play for coming down to the war to the last weekend. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic championship. Um, just quickly before we get to Louis Mulqueen, the Black Rock manager, um, the I've forgotten his name. Uh, Darwin Nunes has come on for Liverpool up front. Uh, his first game for Liverpool, well, technically, I suppose. Um and uh, also Alvarez is uh, is on for City. I'm probably more excited to see that guy playing. To be honest with you, he scored like six goals in the in the Copa Libertadores final or something like that. So he's uh, he's a pretty good player as well. Anyway, uh, back to the hurling uh, Blackrock boss Louis Mulqueen. You might remember him as being part of the Clare backroom team um, in years gone by, and also in Galway with Sherlock Nan. Uh, here he is speaking ahead of the tie at seven o'clock with Sarsfields. All right, I'm joined by Louis Mulqueen ahead of this weekend's uh, opening Premier Senior Hurling Championship clash between Sarsfields and Black Rock. Um, exciting times, Louis, I suppose, always the, the week leading into Championship. Yes, and, um, it's, it's great actually to be back from a club point of view. Um, you've been watching a, a fabulous inter-county season so far and, and you're looking at the skills and the levels and you want to go out and emulate it, I suppose. So it's great for club players and enthusiasm and you can just feel the buzz around every club and every parish in, in the country being honest it's it's championship time isn't it and that's what we we kind of live for with hurling world exactly how how preparations been this year um, I suppose throughout the league and, and leading into the last couple of weeks and player availability and everything like that yeah, um, it's first of all I, I took the job this year with Blackrock and it was a privilege and an honour to take that job because they're an exceptional club with tradition and, and very very high standards so I welcome that approach in, and um, just it's been a little bit mixed to be honest with you we've had a mixed league um, I think players coming back after the Covid spell etc we've picked up and like every club, you've picked up injuries. And it's been kind of a stop-start situation. But you hope now that when, you know, championship comes, we're, we're in a seriously competitive group from our point of view. Um, we've got two or three very, very big games that you'd have to respect the three opponents that we have. And to come out of it will be a, a big challenge. So it's probably exciting. It's it's challenging and it's it's probably something that you, you look forward to, you know, from that point of view. Yeah, exactly. And like I, the split season has been a hot topic the last couple of weeks since the inter-county season ended. Um, for you, how has it been as, as a club manager? I, you know what? It, it, I see the benefits of it. I've been on both sides of it in the different stages, but like I see it's very focused. It's very... The only thing is I, I, a lot of counties have started their championship very quickly. And to me, if you had a little bit more of a run-in after the inter-county, because... Lads are coming back from the inter-county scene. They're maybe mentally and physically a little bit tired. Some of them are carrying knocks. And to get those back integrated into a club scene is, is a challenge in itself. But looking at that, it's great from a point of view that now you know from now on in for the rest of the year it's club it's club orientated and clubs can work towards that and get their players focused and tuned in to 
hopefully a very competitive and a very interesting and exciting championship down in Cork I suppose uh, one of those players coming back from intercounty action is Alan Connolly a man who had a, a breakthrough year in the Cork jersey it must be great to have a player like that coming back into the folds having had that experience this year full of confidence Yeah I was looking at Alan through the, the Cork campaign and like you know he kind of blossomed more games he got the more confidence he got and there's no doubt about it he's a phenomenal talent like you know he's goal scoring getting for Cork was a big asset to the Cork senior team this year but I think he's one for the future alright and from a club point point of view you know you're hoping that he can transfer that form back to the Rockies when he plays for us but he did come back now being honest with you he came back with niggles he came back with a few injuries that we're monitoring at the moment and it's it's something that we need to kind of balance and get the 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 balance right for the club is he right for the weekend um, he's going to start. He's he's holding injuries, but we have we. I don't know. It must be the same in every club. I'd be honest. But you, you've actually the, our physio team has been working. The medical team has been working around the clock with people. I think it's returning from COVID. It's people pushing themselves really hard again. You, everyone is picking up ankles and hamstrings injuries, and but you know you, you're going into it with a few long-term injuries or going into it with three or four lads hoping that they'll be ready to play, and you're watching how they'll progress as the game goes on so that's down to strapping and, and going at it because they're, they're, they're going for their club and hopefully the injuries will come through them from that point of view Exactly and as we said then as you said earlier a very tough group um, Sarsfields the Bears and Charleville and uh, it's like a, a very tough start in Sarsfields it's helter skelter from the word go and the pressure is on Yeah I, I don't think they give it to me any way easy <laughs> I, I thought I might, get, I might get a bit of a break my first first few games but, but looking at it you have to you know what I've seen since I've come down to Cork is is the competition apart from the, the skill level um, that's oh, was always there in Cork hurling you have to admire that pace and skill level but the rivalry down below is you know it's massive and with, with the group we're in you've got SARS you've got Bar, the Bars and you've got Charleville three very 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 good teams that will all want to compete very very hard against the Rockies and from that point of view we're thrown in at the deep end tomorrow evening Saturday to play SARS who to me are every year I've watched Cork Curling their annual contenders and their form at the moment without blowing them up too much has been frightening you know they're, they're racking up massive scores they've they flew through the league campaign they've also you know won most of their challenge matches very very easily with, with serious scores so it, it's it's a real task ahead of my team tomorrow to um, to answer the, a very very good team in the first match and whoever comes out of that first match will be in a good position and whoever doesn't is going to be backs against the wall because you have two games left to win the, you know to have to win the two of them in. Yeah, and to, like the Rockies obviously failed to defend their title last season. How big a factor has that been in their mentality? Can you get that sense that there's that extra bit of urgency to get back uh, to, to the podium again? Well, they had a super year two years ago and then last year Middleton beat them um well not wouldn't say easily but beat them handily enough where they got three or four goals against them in the semi-final so it was a kind of a, a, a crossroads so we have to see this year my job was to come down to to restart and and challenge them again maybe keep them competitive but we have to see where they are being honest um, we're at a crossroads I would think are you going to stand up to where you were two years ago or you know are you going to learn from last year's semi-final and can you go back into the, the the groove of where you were two years ago so that's really the task that's ahead of me but to do that you you first of all have to come out of your group and like 
as I keep saying there, to beat Sarsfields Saturday night and to try and beat the Bars the following Saturday night and then meet Charleville in the last game is a serious task for two teams to get out of the group alone. And that's what's ahead of us. But that's probably what makes it exciting in the hurling terms of you, you know. Absolutely. Well, it's going to be a fantastic championship and a cracker of a weekend on the way. Louis, thanks a million for talking to us and the very best of luck. No problem. Thanks very much. Mind yourself. Yeah, great stuff by uh, all three lads there. It's a breath of fresh air speaking to club managers compared to intercounty managers, I'll tell you that much. Uh, but yeah, uh, 7 o'clock, as they said, Sars versus the Rockies in Parky Rin. And uh, what a game that's going to be. Uh, even though it is pelting rain, I don't know if the rain stopped or not, I can't hear it inside the studio. But um, look, at, uh, the, game will, the game will take on a life of its own anyway in the rain. It might be just as good. Anyway, let's move on to uh, massive, massive days. Man City have a big chance in the Community Shield and have poked one home eventually to make a one-all uh, but it's ruled out uh, ruled out uh, I don't know so that was Alvarez the new guy I'd say got it in there uh, but it's ruled out still 1-0 to Liverpool but yeah uh, moving on to the Camogie huge day tomorrow for Cork uh, they play Tipperary in the Tesco All-Ireland under 16A Camogie final it's on in Mallow at half past one you can follow live updates from Jeremy McCarthy on the Big Red Bench Twitter account and we'll have plenty of reaction here as well tomorrow evening but first let's look ahead to it Jer has been speaking to their manager Donny Daly. Now on Sunday at one thirty pm in Mallow, the Tesco uh, Camogie Under Sixteen A All Ireland Final is an all monster affair, and it's between Cork and Tipperary, two of the farm teams of this year's championship and provincial championships. We're delighted to be joined here on the Big Red, Red Bench once again by the Cork manager, who's been very good to us this year, and that is Donny Daly. Donny, first of all, congratulations on reaching an All Ireland Final. How have preparations been going in the build-up to what's going to be a cracker? Hi, Jar. Thanks very much. Um, yeah, look, it's been a quick turnaround. Um, we beat, obviously, Wexford in, in Clara just last Sunday. Um, so, you know, we had two sessions, um, Tuesday night and Thursday night. Um, and it's gone very well. Look, we, we, we do the exact same things every week with the girls. You know, we, we don't change things up. Uh, we do our drills. We have our game. You know, and 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 last night we 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 named the team. So look, they've 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 been performing very well there. We're hoping they're peaking again at the right time. Um, we know the challenge uh, from Tipperary will be will be very strong on on Sunday. We've played them already in the Munster final. Uh, we beat them, but look, that that counts for nothing. Tipperary have been been performing very well in the 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 group stages of the All Ireland so far. They beat Waterford. They beat um, Dublin. Dublin and obviously the beast uh, Galway last weekend in in a, in a very very uh, tough game. So look, we do not underestimate Tipperary at all. Uh, and that's that's a fair point because as you mentioned, Tipperary have been coming to have come through uh, a really tough probably run just like yourselves. But Cork have prestige around this particular grade, Tony, as you know, because you're going for three in a row. We are, we are, and look, as you know, there in in any. Men, you know, ladies football, camogie, doing a three in a row is, is, is nearly like the holy grail. It hasn't been done. Um, in, in this grade, Cork did it back in nearly 20 years ago, uh, 2001, 2002, and 2003. At senior level, the last time it was almost back in the 70s, 71 to 74. Um, obviously, the ladies football senior have done it a couple of times, but like, you know, at, at this, at, at any level, doing Doing three uh, All Irelands with three different teams, I might, I might add, um, is is very hard to achieve. And look, we're doing. Hopefully, we'll do that on Sunday. Uh, we have ten girls who are going for uh, an All Ireland double. Uh, ten girls who were on the panel last year. 
who are start, starting next Sunday. So we have huge experience on the on the panel, uh, girls who know what it's like to win all Ireland, and hopefully that we stand to them, uh, this Sunday. Is that experience vital against such a good Tipperary team, Donny? Vital, vital, and we've look. We've learned that this is our fifth year. Uh, we came on board in 2018 uh, with the 16s, and pri- prior to us getting to the All Ireland final in 2018, Cork had contested one under 16 final in the previous 10 years, um, and obviously we've we've contested the last four. But that, those girls that went into the 2018 final. They didn't know what it was like. They 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 had no no frame of reference. Whereas in 2019, we had ten girls left over from 2018 who had that experience, and that served them well, and they won the All Ireland. So every year we try to keep you know maybe five to ten girls at under at under 15 level on the panel just to give them that I suppose to blood them if you like and give them that experience that they need the following year. And we always try to do that. And look, it has served us well. You know, as I said, we've won three of the four uh, all Ireland that we've that we've contested, um, and it's, you know because of the, the experience that the girls have gotten on the panel the previous years, by and large. Um, the under sixteen A grade is is annually very very difficult to win, as you've said, and as you've you've just laid out very well, their Corks history in this recent history has been very very successful in it. But there comes a lot of pressure getting into an all Ireland final, irrespective of whether you've been there before or not, Tony. Like, how do you manage, like? I always say it about these grades in ladies football and especially Camogie but both actually these are 16 year old girls 16 year old girls with a lot going on in their lives like, but getting to an all Ireland final and winning it is an incredibly difficult thing to do how do you manage the kind of mental pressure that these players will be under whether you, whether, you know this is just the reality of, of, of the modern day game they obviously love playing for Cork they've made the panel but the mental pressure that com- comes on players especially for an all Ireland final like this big crowd a lot of expectation is that something that you've, you've, you've kind of focused on or, or spoken to them about? Yeah we, we, like we have spoken to them and look each year like different girls um, and different panels have have different strengths and different um, attributes. Um, like th- this year's team, to be honest, they're not, like they're they really are a, a, a kind of more laid back group. They're kind of you know like we don't. I suppose look, we we probably put a bit of pressure on them for the Galway game, right? And that was our fault as a management team. We kind of built up Galway. Galway were in their heads uh, for the first game, and that didn't suit the girls. The girls. Like to express themselves, like w- what we do as a management, we almost leave these girls do their own thing. Mm. We let we let them off, we let them play. We try not to get into their heads anymore. Since that Galway game, um, because you know prior class, you know, in all the challenge games in, in, in Munster, you know we were we were just leaving them express themselves. These are very kind of I said laid back bunch of girls. They they don't really um, get too bogged down on the occasion, and um, they go out they play. And, and as long as we don't kind of, you know, mess around with them, they, they, they actually play better than, than, than if we give them too much, um, I suppose, instruction. So it, it's really, it really is kind of almost like, you know, um, they, they play, they play with a bit of flair, they play with a bit of panache. Um, they, they are a very kind of free flowing team. So look, we're just going to leave them do that. We're not, not going to get bogged down on, on, on the whole occasion. Um, and just finally, Donny, from your own point of view and your management team, like this is what you're aiming for all a long, long, long way back when we first spoke at the start of, of a long season when the, when the trials were happening and people just trying to get onto this team. Not alone is it, and I said the same to Joe Carroll, who are playing a, a minor Cork minor footballers who are playing an All Ireland final as well this coming week. But getting onto the panel in itself 
uh, at under 16 and minor in Cork is an achievement in itself even more so than getting onto the 15 but you've had the nice headache of having to try and pick your strongest team which has not been easy because you've got so much talent coming off the bench you've got game changers have you got your first 15 in mind for the All-Ireland final yet are you still you know debating what to do no no we we, we picked it and named it last night uh, um, and look it's the same team that started against Wexford Um, we rewarded the girls that, that started that game um, like we have been ruthless, and then some people say, well, like, "No, we we have the, the bodies on the bench that we can that we can bring on, and we can we can change games. Uh, we have made changes when when changes were needed. Uh, so we dropped four girls after the Galway game. Who you know again, we could have dropped fifteen, but those four took the brunt of it. Those you know three of that four came back in 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 subsequent games and performed very well. And um, not to say that girls that had had been on as well didn't do well it's just you know and every Tuesday night we have our game uh, in-house game and like that's as, that's as close to a championship game as you're ever going to see and we, like, we always tell the girls that we have the two best under 16 teams in the, in, the, in the country our first 15 and our next 15 and if you can beat the girls if you can beat the likes of a Naveen O'Neill or, or a Sinead Hurley or a Naveen McAuliffe in training you're going to beat you know 99% of other 16 girls in the country and that's and that's I suppose um, how we set out our stall each, each Tuesday night, you know, and that's what they pick the they pick the team themselves on a Tuesday night. You know, we we kind of stand back, leave leaving flake away, and you know, at the at the end of the night, you know, then we pick our team based on on their performance. Excellent stuff on Sunday at one thirty p.m. in Mallow, the All Ireland Tesco Under Sixteen A Camogie Championship Final between Cork and Tipperary takes place. We will be there on the sideline reporting live. But it's been a very long season, but a very profitable one so far. Hopefully, there's one more step to go. But to you, Donny Daly, your management team, and all your players, I'm sure you'll be hoping for big support to come out on Sunday. Everybody here in Cork Shred FM, the Big Red Bench, wishes you all the best. Listen, thanks so much, Jaron. Thanks for all your support during the year. Uh, it's, it's been great promotion that you'll be giving uh, the under teams and Cork Morgan in general. Really appreciate yeah, uh, Donny Daly there ahead of tomorrow's under-16A final. That goal was given uh, for Man City, actually. I don't know what the linesman was looking at because he was well inside. One all in the Community Shield, Liverpool and Man City. Right, let's hear from Cork under-16, Captain Keely Goulding. Now, this year's uh, Tesco under-16A All-Ireland Camogie final is a monster affair between Cork and Tipperary. It takes place in Mallow on Sunday with a 1.30pm throw-in. We're hoping that a lot of fans will come out and support this fantastic Cork team, the reigning Munster champions. And we're delighted to be joined here here now on the big red bench on the line by the captain of the Cork under 16 camogie team and that is Keely Goulding. Keely, how are you? Hi, how are you? I'm good, thanks. It's very good of you to talk to us here on the big red bench. Um, before we talk about the All-Ireland final and the year that we've had, we need to let people know, unfortunately, uh, you suffered a, a pretty serious injury back in March. So what happened and how is your rehab going? So basically, I tore my ACL ligament and I also done my meniscus back in March. So that meant that I couldn't, I had to stop playing this season, unfortunately. But um, I got my operation back in June. So I'm currently five weeks after my operation and I am currently wearing a brace, but the brace is coming off next week and I can start my rehab program. So the rehab program, they said it takes about nine to 12 months. So that looks like I should be back playing in about March to June of next year, hopefully. 
Well, that's excellent. No, that's a very serious injury um, for somebody so young, but it sounds like the rehab is going particularly well for you. That's great news that you're coming to the end of wearing the brace. Can I ask you, just as a captain and being on the sideline, how important have your teammates been to you this year? Because it can't be easy watching on, but it sounds like your teammates have been very, very good to you and your management team. Yeah, oh, the teammates have been so good to me. Like, even at training, helping, like when I was on crutches and like taking my gear bag and everything. Like, it feels like I'm still a part of the team, even though I can't play, obviously. But, like, even on the sideline and everything, like, the girls are just treating me the same as they would usually. And even for my operation, they all got me a big present, like, just to wish me luck and everything. Like, they're actually so good. You've not done so too I badly don't. out of it, so have you? They've been very good. Yeah, to, you're going to miss all this attention yeah. when you're back and just be playing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And from your own point of view as well, I must mention like you're you're on the under sixteen football panel because you were there. Unfortunately, it came up short against Dublin in the final. But um, like it's the same again. Like there's a lot of crossover this year with the dual players in both codes. But it's great to see that everybody, not just on the camogie but the football side, supporting you as well. Yeah, exactly. Like the football are the same. Even I think there's eight dual girls, so like they even know like the football and the camogie team. Like they're we're both so close. Like there's no like clicks or anything. Like it's actually unbelievable how close you've, we've gotten in the space of this nine months or however from when was it like November December that we started the trials hmm. how difficult like, people need again uh, Keely especially for any younger listeners listening into it it's so difficult to make an intercounty panel at underage in Cork I mean there was hundreds and hundreds of girls interested in from under tw- under 14 under 16 and minor right up how tough are those trials and how like you, you really have to put it in to make the panel oh like a hundred percent like I know for the football, it's kind of more open, like you, anybody can trial and like it's kind of down to your divisional teams and there could be like, I think there was like about 300 nearly trials for football and like down to the 30, so like one in every 10 got on the team, like it's actually unbelievable, like the staff. And then for the camogie, I know that it was a bit different, like you have to get called because mm. there were so many girls that like were willing and like wanted to play for Cork. So like it's just unbelievable the standard is so high in Cork at the minute for girls in camogie and football indeed it is and you come from a club um, Rockbourne dare I say it uh, from my particular era ladies football is what Rockbourne were most famous for but uh, obviously making their mark in the camogie world now as well yeah even when I started playing for Rockbourne it was mostly football like the likes of Valerie Mulcahy now she's actually a teacher in my school she's one of my teachers but she would have been like her name would have been very big around Rockbourne and it was mostly considered with football. It's only kind of recent years that the camogie has started to really develop. Like, I think back when I started, we were playing in the kind of Division 3, Division 4, and now, like, Rockbond, we're up in, like, the Premier Division. Like, it's actually, it's so crazy how it just, things change just with the work that coaches and the players are putting in. Excellent. So I have to ask it. What is uh, what is Valerie Mulcahy like as a teacher? Because I, I know like, Valerie to speak to and she's a lovely, lovely person. So what is she, I know you're going to say the politically right, correct answer here, but what is she like as a, as a, as a trainer and, and, and as a teacher, first of all, but also as somebody that's achieved so much? I mean, an opportunity to learn from somebody with her experience must be lovely. Yeah. Oh, she's she's lovely, Valerie. Like, I think she, she coaches our football team in school and like we had a monster final there last week and she's just so encouraging and like for someone that's like won so much she's so like humble as well and she like she's like very understanding of the players and like what needs to be done for the team and everything she's just she's a credit really Good answer very well done I can see why you're captain um, speaking about the Cork under 16 setup, talk to me about your manager 
uh, and the management team as well, not just the manager himself, but um, Donny Daly is a very unique character, but he's also oh, very, yeah. very, he's very, very passionate about Camogie. But he and his management team have done fantastic work with you. Oh, they have 100%. Like the effort that they put in, like both on the pitch and like off the pitch, on the sidelines, like it's actually unbelievable. Like the amount of work they put in, like between like they got us all bands like we all each player on the Cork under 16 Camogie team has a band that like says it has like a slogan together we conquer mm. and like that just a kind of wraps the team together and like you, everyone always wears it throughout the whole season and I feel like those just little touches that the coaches put together just like they're just phenomenal like they really they really help the team to bond together before the championship and uh Munster both and all Ireland series Indeed and you've had very very good success uh, both over the last couple of years you're going for three in a row in terms of under 16 All-Irelands but you've already faced the team that you'll be facing in this year's All-Ireland final Tipperary you would have faced them in the Munster final this year that was a very different game and it's gone now you know Cork won it um, but you've been I suppose on the sideline you've been able to see a lot more than you normally would when you're not playing this is going to be a very very tough task for Cork because this is a seriously good Tipperary side yeah, like I'm, I'm currently doing stats now on the sidelines. Donny has you working, so even though you're in your <laughs> yeah. your leg, what a shock! Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, oh that Tipperary game, like even the girls know, like Tipperary have definitely improved since that last game, mm. and like even on the day, like they they came out very strong in the second half, and like I don't, we didn't play our best in the second half, but like. We, in the first half it's shown like what we can do so we just need to bring it up again on Sunday because we can tell that they're going to be well up for it after beating a strong Galway side as well on Sunday they're going to have the confidence boost so we just need to get our heads right and come on the day prepared Indeed you do and you'll be doing the stats again in the final I assume <laughs> Yeah You won't be listening, standing idle there definitely not Can I ask you <laughs> Keely, um, look like we're having a laugh about it the fact that you know you're doing the stats you're on the sideline how difficult was it when you first heard you know that you're going to be out for a lengthy period of time it sounds like I know you're a very determined young player and it's clear you're going to come back from this better and stronger than ever but it can't have been easy at the start I mean how important were your family and, and your teammates and your club around you at the beginning when you realised you know you're going to be out for a, an ACL is not is not a straightforward injury to recover from yeah no like at the start I was kind of like when it first happened obviously I was in a lot of pain but there was no swelling or bruising or anything so I was like oh it's not my ACL like I'm fine and then it was it wasn't until I went to see the specialist and got the MRI that they were like oh no it is like you're going to have to get an operation in June. You're going to be out for nine to 12 months. I was just kind of sat there. I was like, starstruck. And I was like, what? Like from going to like six training sessions a week to absolutely nothing. It was just so hard to like adapt to that. But like still, I found that the fact that I still went to training, even though I couldn't take part, that really helped me along my journey because so it kind of gave me still like a purpose on the team. Like I still felt a part of the team. Mm. And that's important and because yeah, it, it, sorry to interrupt you, but the, you've mentioned that your yeah, teammates' role here again, like that the you know you weren't just left standing there on the sideline on a pair of crutches. Like you've been involved, you've been given a yeah, role. Exactly. is to keep you involved, and same for the football. Like, and um, it sounds like you're going to come out of it uh, as I said, stronger and better than ever. And you must be looking forward to that day. Oh yeah, I'm like I'm counting in the days now until I'm back. <laughs> but still, like even on Sunday, like watching, I know it's hard to watch, but still the girls that are playing like I wouldn't want to take any of their like they've been working so hard like and every girl on that pitch deserves their place and all the girls that come on 
like I'm delighted for them as well. I just hope they do it even for themselves. As we do here on the Big Red Bench in Cork's Red FM on Sunday in Mallow at 1.30pm, the Tesco Under-16A All-Ireland uh, Under-16A Camogie final between Cork and Tipperary will be there on the sideline uh, reporting while uh, the captain, the injured captain, is doing stats and uh, not shouting uh, or uh, shouting at our teammates, focusing in on the stats, I hope, for the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> Keely, it's been a pleasure to speak to you. We look forward to talking to you again on Sunday and thank you for joining us here on the Big Red Bench. Yeah, that's perfect. Thanks, Jerry. Great stuff there by Jer with Keely Goulding, Cork under sixteen captain. Best of luck of the best of luck to them tomorrow. Uh, Cork City Women's lead one 0 at Daily Mount at half time. Avian Donnelly put the Rebel Army ahead there, and let's keep our attention on the Rebel Army who go to St Coleman's Park tomorrow because it's a huge cup tie. It's a derby. It's a Cork derby. El Classic Cork as. Uh, Rory would, would call it Ramblers versus City here is Rory to preview the game uh, Rory I suppose nothing like a, a derby cup tie to get us going of, of a Sunday on a bank holiday um, Cove Ramblers versus Cork City should be a good one Yeah um, let's count how many times I say league form goes out the window in a cup match during this chat because that's exactly what's going to happen that famous old cliche for uh, the FAI Cup league form does go out the window and it certainly goes out the window when you're playing uh, your nearest rivals it's going to be an absolute cracker at St. Cummins Park uh, tomorrow uh, 4 o'clock kickoff Sunday afternoon um, should be a great afternoon should be uh, a big crowd down at St. Cummins Park we saw that uh, when the sides met uh, down there in the league this season when City uh, got that narrow win uh, down in St. Cummins so it should be a, a cracking occasion Aidan and uh, I'm certainly looking forward to it Yeah I suppose like you say look league form goes out the window for a cup tie but at the same time Cork City will be Red hot favourites for this. I would imagine so. Yeah, it'd be interesting, interesting to see um, if Colin Healy puts out his uh, strongest league team, or if he changes things up a little bit from that uh, win over Wexford last week. Um, you, you'd wonder how much of a priority the cup is for Cork City, given that they are chasing automatic promotion uh, to the Premier Division, locked in that battle with Galway United, just a point ahead with that game in hand. Um, but like, you obviously want to, to win. Uh, every game that you can play in and a little cup run wouldn't be uh, the worst thing at all uh, for the club um, so it'll be interesting to see what Colin Healy does uh, when he names the starting eleven for that match in St. Coleman's Park tomorrow Ramblers meanwhile are going into the game on the back of that really um, morale boosting 3-1 win over Bray last week uh, Shane Keegan had a, a tough start I suppose to his, his uh, life as a co-Ramblers boss but um, getting uh, his first win last week and, and convincing win as well um, over um, Bray Wanderers coming from uh, a goal down to, to win 3-1 thanks to those goals from Luke Desmond and Daryl Collin OG as well so they're going into that game uh, in red hot form we saw when City played uh, Ramblers at Turners Cross a couple of weeks back in the league uh, this was before Shea Keegan was appointed after the departure of Darren Murphy just how well organised they were it took City a long time to break them down and City had to fight very very hard uh, to get that win um, over Cove Ramblers it wasn't easy by any stretch of the imagination that was uh, over a month ago now when uh, City won 1-0 at the cross so you'd imagine it'll be similar at St Cummins Park tomorrow you'd imagine that they are going to be um, um, compact and tight and uh, very well defensively organised and trying to uh, frustrate uh, this Cork City team uh, who have scored plenty of goals this season um, they only got the one against Wexford uh, last week and didn't score uh, against Galway the week before that but City certainly well capable of scoring goals and as you say they would be the favourites going into this game based on uh, their league form but 
Cliche time. It's the FBI Cup. League form goes out the window. That's twice I've mentioned it in this chat already. And uh, yeah, look, it's just, um, yeah, it should be, should be a good game and a good cup tie with a good atmosphere. Four o'clock's a good time um, for a game uh, as well. But uh, it should be a good game. Yeah, like you said there, you know, it's strange for Cork City. Do they do they go for the cup? Do they try and focus on the league? And then on the flip side, Ramblers are in need of something I think a cup run like would be great for them like even if it was just the win this weekend like but they are someone who they're a team who probably do need to look at putting in the effort into the cup yeah exactly and just imagine how much of a morale boost it would be if Ramblers were able to claim the scalp of uh, Cork City in the Cup tomorrow but just what the doctor ordered for them I suppose Ramblers are already looking towards next season Shane Keegan in uh, for the rest of the season just to steady the ship I suppose and start planning for that 2023 campaign um, he knew uh, going into it we spoke to him a couple of weeks back when he took the job how tough of a job it was going to be and how big of a task it was uh, going to be and he kind of highlighted that 2023 is uh, the aim for them. I mean, like this year is all about just settling things down and trying to identify players for next season. Of course, he's brought in Charlie Fleming, uh, Ramler, former Cole Ramblers player, uh, and an excellent signing. But he has mentioned that he needs to bring in more players um, for the A, for the rest of the season, and B, um, for next season. So I think the game tomorrow probably matters a little bit more for, for Cole Ramblers than Cork City. If you're a Cork City fan, you obviously don't want to... Um, lose to Cove Ramblers tomorrow but it wouldn't be the end of the world if they did as I said their focus is on um, the league finishing ahead of Galway United which looks like it's going to be a, a titanic tussle until the end of the season um, to get that over the line so they're all, their primary focus is going to be on the league but if you're Colin Healy you don't want to be um, don't want to be losing to Cove Ramblers tomorrow either yeah, it's sure to be a good old game. Before we finish up, um, it's been a, quite a, a big week for Irish football, uh, European-wise, and uh, Thursday night, a massive night for, for St. Pat's and Sligo Rovers. What is the impact on the League of Ireland that these victories have, um, that teams get in European qualifying? What, what's the impact on the League of Ireland as a whole? Now again, another cliche, but a rising tide lifts all boats, and I suppose um, the folks that will be on the league following the victories for St. Pat's and uh, for Sligo Rovers uh, on Thursday night will kind of put more focus on the League of Ireland. And if it results in a few people going, do you know what, I'll, I'll go down and I'll give my local team a shot, then that'll be fantastic for, for I suppose, for clubs like Cork. So it doesn't really matter a whole lot what St. Patrick's Athletic do or what Sligo Rovers do uh, in Europe, uh, particularly this season. But it is is fantastic for the league it's it's good to see uh, Irish clubs doing so well um, Sligo Rovers win in particular against um, a Motherwell side um, Sligo Rovers as we all know were called uh, the Irish Minnows in the Scottish press last week when um, when they beat Motherwell by uh, a goal tonight it was fantastic to see them uh, get that result last night and what a goal that was as well that free kick early on for Sligo Rovers into the top corner and the showgrounds just absolutely erupted it's absolutely fantastic to see that I watched uh, the end of the St. Pat's game last night and the penalty shootout win um, nervy nervy stuff on Thursday night I should say and uh, nervy nervy stuff there so it's 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 good for the league and uh, long may that continue and hopefully uh, Corksley will be joining them in Europe in the very near future and indeed uh, co-rounders if they're able to, to, to start uh, flying up the table and start um, 
getting up there as well but it would be fantastic to see both core clubs uh, partake in Europe uh, once again but uh, it's that's a, a long ways away yet and it's I suppose I'll focus just going back to the, the FA Cup tomorrow is on that game tomorrow and like, there's no point in um, worrying about uh, potentially European football down the line tomorrow it's all about the FAI Cup uh, 4 o'clock kickoff in Sir Coleman's Park um, it should be an absolute cracker and I cannot wait to get on well great stuff Rory and Joyce and uh, we'll talk to you then nice one yeah Rory will be uh, on tomorrow uh, after that game and we'll have some reaction to that and we'll have reaction to the Cork under 16A uh, Camogie final there'll be loads loads more so uh, you can if you missed this episode you can catch us catch us uh, on redfm.ie on the Big Red Bench podcast section I'll be back tomorrow evening for all of that Stevie G is on the way next Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie Cork's Red FM